that's the beautiful thing about a podcast. It can good. It can go longer than you than you want because no one's breathing down your neck. Uh, having that said, <laughs> here's you were just we're just entering a podcast um, recording right in the middle. Um, we are curiously polar. Welcome to the show. There is. Uh, well, the last last time we talked, we talked about climate change and melting ice and things. And uh, so I was thinking we could probably talk about ice a bit more because that is a very Arctic and Antarctic thing. And for that, I, of course, have my friend Mario Aquarone. Hello, Mario. Hello, Chris. Good we, to hear you again. Yeah, good to hear you again. Well, the, the secret is that we are doing a couple of recordings in one session, so we've not really stopped <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, oh i just spilled just the beans a, a make a make believe, make believe. Um, yeah. but anyway the topic for this episode number six of curiously polar is well permafrost and specifically the svalbard global seed vault which people might know as the arctic seed vault and it is located in svalbard and it is, it's pretty much a backup of the world's seeds. Can we put it like that? Yeah, it's a bank where uh, usually nations put uh, their uh, seeds, like the examples or samples of, of the seeds of their most important or even less important uh, resources. And uh, they are kept there in a in a place that is unlikely to be affected by war or catastrophes, hopefully, mm -hmm. and uh, where they can put in the seeds and take them out again. I think there was an example recently of a country that took out their seeds again, didn't they? I think um, uh, one of the countries that has a war going on right now um, had to take some out. Syria, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, there was something uh, about that. Uh, the doomsday uh, seed vault. So, in, and in, it's in any case made to uh, try to ensure that we can produce food in the future in case uh, some uh, cultures are uh, wiped out from their their natural or cultivated environment by any form of catastrophe, mm. from war to disease to drought. Right, and and the, the what prompted me to to press for putting this in an episode was that I'm I I believe a lot of people have an awareness for the Global Seed Vault, or I think the official name is the Svalbard Global Seed Vault, and the 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 way I noticed this was very interesting. Uh, when I arrived in Svalbard, I um you 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 get transported from the airport to the town. And on the way, at the right side, up at the hill, you see this little triangular shape, which is the entrance of the Global Seed Vault. And it's it's this concrete structure. If you get closer, there's actually a work of art on top of it. And But it's, a, it's this triangular concrete structure, which is the entrance. And you don't see much more of this because most of it is in, in the mountain. And I took a very shaky, blurry iPhone photo uh, out of the bus with it of it and posted it on my twitter account and it ended up getting quite a reaction a lot of people seem to be aware of the global seed vault that it's there 
um, there are some YouTube videos out there. There is in, some information out there, and it is it is somehow in people's minds. So um, the the news are actually talking about it as well in interesting ways. <laughs> For example, the um, the Guardian recently talked about it with a very unbelievable headline, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but yeah, in inside of it. And that's kind of where where this is interesting. The Svalbard Global Seed Vault holds over nine hundred thousand different species of seeds in inside inside. Well, like a hundred yeah, meters deep inside, inside the yeah. mountain. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a um, quite a um, how do you call it a um, an, a building. It's actually not a building. It is a uh, a mine. What is uh, left of a of a coal mine? Oh, so it is a it's a reused mine, pretty much. It is. Uh, it it was a mine shaft. Um, it's a horizontal mine shaft. So there is what you see at the entrance, which is a very minimalistic wedge of concrete. That is the vault opening, and there is an entrance hall. And then the uh, tunnel goes 150 meters deep into the mountain. There is a tunnel that leads into some chambers. I, to, to my eyes, it looks a little bit like uh, uh, the drawings that I've seen because I never had a chance to visit, but the, the tombs of the pharaohs in the uh, uh, Valley of the Kings with a with a tunnel going in and then some chambers inside. And there are, uh, as far as I know, there is uh, like a main chamber and then there are three vault rooms. Mm -hmm. In in total, it's three chambers. And what I read is that it it can hold up to 4 million different species. And of course, multiple seeds of each. So uh, right now it's about a, a quarter of what, but it, it holds about a quarter of what it can hold when it's when yes. it's filled. Um, it is in in the permafrost, right? What, it what is, is permafrost? In the permafrost? What is permafrost? The permafrost is that area uh, that that um, area of the uh, land, and also a little bit down along the continental shelf that is frozen all through the year. So deep in the ground, or even not so deep in the ground, there is a frozen area in the Arctic and the Antarctic, and that is called the permafrost. So that is that is ju- as it says, permanently frozen. It never thaws up. It never thaws up. So, for example, if we are in an area uh, like north in uh, in Siberia and we dig down. Uh, we can remove the top layers of the soil, uh, very little soil. And then if we go deeper, we get into this icy, compact and uh, very difficult to penetrate area, which is a permafrost, which can be from a few centimeters to several meters deep, depending on where we are. So you mean it starts several meters deep or it's just several meters thick? The uh, both and uh, both uh, the one and the other, because depending on where we are, the permafrost it's coming almost all the way. This upper surface of the permafrost is coming almost all the way up to the to the surface of the of the earth, or it can be several meters deep. 
down. So there are several meters of uh, unfrozen soil on top of it. And then you can have also different thicknesses, depending also on how old it is and how cold it is outside on the surface. Okay. So uh, back to the seed vault. The um, the inside temperature of the of those chambers is minus 18 degrees Celsius, minus 0.4 Fahrenheit. Um, and that also kind of stays there, right? doesn't really fluctuate at, at any is, significant level. It is, let's say, a, a fridge or a freezer in this case that is uh, a natural, that is powered naturally in the sense that the permafrost that is in, like uh, covering the surface of the mountain in which the seed vault is uh, is built keeps the inside at its temperature, so it keeps it cool. At least for the foreseeable future. At least for the foreseeable future, and it's a it's a it's a very special place, of course, in Svalbard because uh, we have this permafrost and we are going almost horizontally into a mountain, so we are not going deep uh, down towards the center of the Earth because if we take other mine shafts that go down towards the center of the earth they get warmer uh, because there is a, uh, a temperature gradient that makes the temperature increase as you get down into the into the uh, into the earth and but but still i mean going horizontally into that mountain or i think it goes the, the shaft goes down and then up again so it's an interesting configuration um, still means that you have a whole lot of material above you and under you and around you, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. So the interesting thing that recently cropped up and uh, another reason I wanted to put this on the show now is um, this Guardian article that I'm just, I yeah, had to shake my head, <laughs> which, which <laughs> yeah. had this interesting <laughs> headline. That says, Arctic stronghold of world seeds flooded after permafrost melts. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a mouthful of so a what, title. So what picture does that, 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 does that, I call it a clickbaity headline, what picture does that paint in your, in your mind? It, for me, well, it, it, it looks like the whole thing is flooded and everything's gone. And everything, all the seeds have been put into the water and they start sprouting. But of course, there is no light in there because it's inside a mountain. But uh, they all rot away and... Uh, and they, uh, yeah, and they very apocalyptic kind of very setting there. And uh, interestingly enough, um, I mean, the, the article itself gets a bit softer, but the headline is just this. Oh no, guys, yeah. guys, you do, don't really have to do this because um, what? Okay, here in in Wikipedia, there is a little. There's one paragraph about this. And it says, in May of 2017, the seed vault experienced flooding from snow melting and heavy rain. A large amount of water entered the entrance tunnel where it froze before reaching the seed vault. So it was on its way there, but then, of course, it gets colder and freezes. The breach calls into question the ability of the vault to survive without the help of humans if catastrophe strikes. So that is pretty much the idea behind it. And um, the thing I read about it is that they have now... Uh, installed a drainage system that they hadn't before because they didn't expect to need it and that uh, future kind of things like that are not going to be uh, future interventions like that are not going to be required um, uh, the other but, thing but it, it, it is it is actually sorry Chris but it is actually very difficult to build 
in the uh, in polar areas. Oh, sure. So even even a drainage system uh, that uh, would uh, not require the intervention of humans is uh, <laughs> is something very complex. And a drainage because, system uh, is in itself prone to freezing over. And exactly because of that, because a drainage system would be getting uh, meltwater coming into his drainage system but as the water gets into colder areas it would freeze up and uh, without a uh, additional energy uh, put in by humans then uh, it will be uh, it will be kind of difficult to uh, to keep it running right. i do not know how they did it in practice but i hope that they and i'm quite sure that i'm confident that they uh, they actually solved this without the uh, intervention of humans because the seed vault is made to survive in case there is even in case there is nobody there to uh, to tend it the the biggest so that, the biggest yeah. accident possible right so like for example in the i hope and i trust unlikely event of uh, global nuclear war mm -hmm. that uh, there would be a, um, a, a nobody to tend this vault for years but if civilization then would uh, come up again then there will be a place where to get the old seeds with all the different uh, genetic uh, variabilities that uh, is needed to to at least have some cultures that can be feeding the population instead of having to re-domesticate uh, wild species mm -hmm. so in um there are a few resources that i want to point to uh one that i found really interesting is a video by uh, veritasium podcast or video cast uh, they actually were inside the svalbard seed vault they can take you inside uh in this video and they get to um look around and um it's very interesting to see how agnostic they are towards nations and things so you the, pretty much the nations seal up their things in special bags and then put it in crates and then send it in there and it gets put in there without uh, checking what's in there so there's a bit of a trust level involved of course and you, you can see what's what i found really interesting these, these boxes from the united states sitting right next to the boxes from north korea sitting right next to the boxes of whatever other nation so um it really the the, the nationalities and the borders don't really mean anything up there which i found very very interesting the other piece of uh, wisdom that i read somewhere is that i mean trusting of course that the permafrost will still be there um, even if all the glaciers and all the all the ice on the planet melts and the sea levels rise, um, the seed vault is built in a place that that water level will never reach, so it won't be flooded from seawater anytime. Yeah, the uh, when we are talking about the ice sheets, we are talking about the uh, uh, Antarctic ice sheet, and I think that it's if it all melted out and all the glaciers and all the ice sheet melted, we would get a sea level rise of around seventy meters above the actual sea level, now. which would be disastrous for like the entire planet. But um, well, for, at least well, the sea it would be disastrous would, for humans. <laughs> it would be disastrous for for everyone, but the sea vault would not be flooded. Because mm. no, it's exactly, but uh, the melting of the permafrost or the uh, the thawing of the permafrost is a is a challenge for all sorts of constructions, and uh, it's also something that uh, can uh, influence uh, on a positive feedback also climate change. So it can increase the uh, warming of the Earth's surface. And climate change, 
by the way, if you're, if you're new to this, episode five, the last episode, we talked about that quite extensively. Yes. yes. Did I miss anything important, Mario? Well, no, I think that as usual, you have done your homework <laughs> and uh, you <laughs> posed quite a lot of interesting questions here. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's, I think we covered it. Yeah, let's... let's um, for the next episode, we are going to take a bit of a turn into uh, sea mammals, right? Or marine mammals. Um, we want to yes. talk about the bearded seals and then possibly a few more of those things. Because um, we, we really strive to capture and, and, and cover the Arctic and the Antarctic as completely as possible on this show, piece by piece. And if you have anything that you want to ask, if you have any suggestions for topics, send them to us if you go to curiouslypolar.com that's the website for this podcast you can find our addresses and how to reach us and uh, yeah submit your information or your questions we'd be happy to hear from you and of course as always we would also be happy if you could help curiously polar to be a bit more visible and the way to do that is to go to the most important podcast directory on the planet which is itunes and just yeah, leave a little review there or some star ratings and that will get, get it into the eye of other people and that will uh, get new people to find out about this tiny little new show. So thank you so much for being here and uh, Mario, Chris, talk to you again next week. Talk to you again next week and stay cool. Stay cool. <laughs>